uh, to be honest, I've never actually ever vandalised anything. I have to put that on record, <laughs> but I always say that I'm going to have uh, some bolt cutters in my in my rucksack. Hi, I'm Holly, and welcome to my podcast, Through the Trees, where I talk to my guests about a whole range of nature-based subjects. Today, I'm talking to outdoor advocate Debbie North about the importance of parks and cities, green spaces in hospitals, and accessing the countryside in an all-terrain wheelchair. I hope you enjoy the episode, and thank you for tuning in. Hi, Debs. It's great to have you here. Now, before we begin, I need to ask you a little question. What is your favourite tree and why? I reckon you're going to be quite surprised at this one. Yeah. Because it's actually the little hawthorn tree. Oh, okay. And, and the reason I absolutely love the hawthorn tree is we've got one. As you know, I live on a sheep farm in, in Cumbria. So we're, we're mm-hmm. sort of surrounded with lime, uh, limestone. But there's this little solitary tree, this hawthorn tree that just grows out of... Uh, a limestone crop and it's twisted and it's gnarled and the sheep sit under it and it suddenly then comes to life in the spring and it's so colourful with the blossom and then it has lovely berries on and I just love I love the shapes I love the fact that it can be coming out of a of a, a big outcrop at, at 90 degree angle and yet it can survive and and that to me just shows you how strong nature is that you can you know something like a tree can grow at such mm-hmm. strange angles and live in such harsh conditions where the wind absolutely batters where we are and yet it just keeps coming through you know season after season it just keeps bringing into life and it's just beautiful so yeah the little hawthorn and whether it's because it's linked to the rose family and I love roses there may mm. be a connection there yeah but, yeah oh nice so, yeah, well I wasn't to say the mighty oak or you know <laughs> the, or yeah. the chestnut. I think it's a good choice I think it's a sacred tree in Celtic mythology and I think the fairies lived under them the little hornthorn tree. So uh, where you are is on the edge of the Yorkshire Dales in Cumbria and you've got some great walks around there, haven't you? Did you know that 25% of the Yorkshire Dales National Park is actually in Cumbria? No, and no. You thought it had been in Yorkshire. Yeah, absolutely. But where where we live, literally across the track is the Yorkshire Dales National Park at my side I'm just in in Cumbria um I'm absolutely blessed with where we live because a lot of the land around us is all open access land Mm. so it's great because generally um you know when I'm going out in wheelchair I'm having to think bridleways by the pure nature of of what a bridleway is that if it's suitable for a horse then theoretically I'm not going to come across any obstacles along the way. Uh, not always true. You have been known to have a pair of uh, wire cutters in your bag. Uh, well, that's what I say. Uh, to be honest, I've never actually ever vandalised anything. I have to put that on record. <laughs> but I always say that I'm going to have uh, some bolt cutters in my in my rucksack. 
so yeah having the open access land around where we live and obviously you know over this past year uh, I've spent an awful lot of time exploring home and finding new areas and and really watching watching the again talking about the tree and the seasons how the seasons change in just uh, a small area it's uh, it's you know it's been quite enlightening to to be able to explore home yeah yeah that's good and I guess that's one of the pluses of having a lockdown um is that you're not traveling over far distances you have to explore what's local yeah. to you and of course people think Yorkshire Dales uh Mallon Kettlewell Grassington Settle mm. all, all sort of the honeypot places and really where I am was the really extended part of the national park which takes in the Howgills and really right up to the M6 where then it joins the Lake District and it's mm. called the Eden Valley and it's quite unexplored and so it's really quite nice to promote the area so that you can spread people out so people are not all meeting at at the honeypot places yeah no that's a really good idea and you've got a um a quite well-known neighbor as well I certainly do my nearest neighbor is actually eight miles away and it's Amanda the Yorkshire Shepherdess you know since we've lived here and through our connections with with the outdoors uh, I've got really good friends with her and w- when I have been allowed to see her and Abita we've had quite a laugh because she's always got a tale to tell and she's always some of the antics that they get up to up there in fact she she rang me this week to say that she'd actually got no water up at the up at her farm mm. it was um all frozen and, yeah well I don't know if it was frozen or whether She's got a, a cracked pipe somewhere. Mm. Um, so they were actually having to go and fetch the water out of the the river for the loos and for everything. Um, and that must have been an ordeal because, I mean, we've had pretty horrendous snow here and she's even higher than we are. So yeah. uh, I know that she would have been breaking the ice to get to the water. So. <laughs> Yeah, you, you just you can't you can't imagine the remoteness of of where she is, yeah. and to get to because I mean we were we've been blocked off because of the snow, so she yeah. definitely will have been blocked off. Yeah, yeah. But you've still managed to get out on your walks in your terrain hopper, haven't you? Absolutely. I mean the the terrain hopper it's it's it truly is four before, and the, say the snow's been pretty deep, and yet. I've I've been able to get out onto the fells and thank goodness, you know, thank goodness that I've I've got this this machine that gets me out because I think I'd have gone stir crazy if I couldn't get out like mm. I've been able to mm. get out. And for those who don't know what a terrain hopper is, how would you kind of describe, describe um, it? Well, it's a four before all terrain wheelchair. Um, very clever invention. It's it's British made by a company down in Lincolnshire, and it's it's basically got motors on each wheel, and it's got its own suspension. So basically, when I stop pressing the forward lever, it stops. So, you know, it, it it's 
brilliant, absolutely brilliant. And basically, it's given me the freedom to get back up into the hills and up into the mountains and to travel the distances that I want to do. So I always call it my Four Seasons hiking boots because it really does enable me to get up in the mountains. But yeah, it really is an impressive piece of kit. So since being a wheelchair user, how have you found that the outdoors and nature has helped you? I think as the saying goes, you know, nature is good for the, the mind, the body, the soul. Just terrain hoppers, which is, you know, my favourite of all my wheelchairs that I have, um, they're expensive and that there's no doubt about it, they're expensive. And, uh, you know, when people ask about the price of them and they'll say, well, you can buy a small car for that. Mm. But my reply to that is, if you're in a car, you can't feel nature. You can't hear nature. You can't touch nature. You can't feel that wind on your face. You can't hear the birds that are singing. And that, for me, whether I'm able-bodied or in a wheelchair or, or whatever disability, to actually be able to have nature touch your senses mm. is just so powerful. And, you know, they talk about the vitamin nature. And I was talking at a doctor's conference about the importance of nature as a prescription rather than, you know, giving an antidepressant tablet and mm. and some some gps now are offering like free national trust passes to people to try and get them outside into the fresh air and to just experience being surrounded with nature i think that's a really powerful thing that we ought to be seeing more of mm. um and things like post-surgery, just just being able to get out outdoors after a major operation rather than being cooped up in, in a hospital bed, to yeah. be able to just go out into the hospital grounds. And that's why it's important that places like, like hospitals, like nursing homes and old folks' homes, that they have space for gardens where people can go outside and just relax and chill in a beautiful space. And again, that's why parks are so important, especially you know, inner cities um, where green space isn't as easily accessible. But to actually be in a, uh, a city where you can just go down and, and sit in, a, in the park is, is so peaceful and so tranquil and and does you the world of good yeah I completely agree nature should be able to be accessed by anyone no matter who they are what age they are the more time we all spend outside outdoors in nature I think the happier and healthier we're all going to be so you and I have been working a lot over these last few years and we've been filming in loads of different locations in the whole of England and I love working with you and filming with you is a right laugh what has been one of your favourite walks that we've filmed together? Oh, me and you. Well, I have to say we've had some laughs along the way. <laughs> um, we've been on walks that have turned out that have not been accessible. And 
no, I have crawled up, up <laughs> embankments because we've got ourselves stuck, which all adds to the fun of it. I absolutely loved our time down in Cornwall. I thought the Cornish coast was stunning. Oh, it, it, the thought that I might see Poldark as well added to it. But I just thought down down uh, the south southwest is it's just absolutely beautiful. And somewhere that I've I've been to Cornwall as a child, but I haven't been as an adult and an adult in a wheelchair. And I'm just so impressed with an organisation called Countryside Mobility that have got over fifty locations all the way around the southwest coastal path where you can hire an all-terrain wheelchair like i was saying earlier how expensive they are to buy and Mm. one of my things is about getting more wheelchairs in in lovely places that people can borrow so they're not restricted by budget or by the the ability of their own chair so i was really impressed that i could go all the way down to cornwall and know that I could go around different areas, coastal mm. paths. And Vitalik was, was beautiful. Vitalik was mm. absolutely stunning. I mean, it was absolutely... Even if, it's, even if it was raining. Was brave. <laughs> but I think that added to the atmosphere anyway, and it, it just it just made it... Oh, the way, I mean, the waves were just crashing against the, the, the rocks. It was just amazing. And I loved... I loved sort of the down in Dorset around the Jurassic Coast because I'd never been around there uh, so that was that was so beautiful as well um, but again I thought like the Norfolk coastal path that we did mm. was mm. so beautiful so this we're, we're just blessed that we have got a beautiful country that we live in and if through what I'm doing I can show that it's open to people with disabilities and and in you know my my particular interest for wheelchair users then you know that would be a lovely legacy to to leave behind that we have opened up the countryside for everybody Mm. yeah no I think that's totally right um and you've also been featured in another film recently by our friend Terry gosh yeah I mean if you ha- if you've not seen any of Terry's films, you need to see them. Helvellyn is the the third film in this trilogy. He's done um, Scarfell, he's done Blencathra, mm-hmm. and and this is he says it's his final film of Helvellyn, and very privileged for him to ask Andy and I to go to the top of of Helvellyn with him. We couldn't get all the way. There was, oh, there was a short section, oh, 30 metres. Mm. It was just, it was too rocky. It wasn't the steepness. It was the, the rocks and the narrowness. And I was just getting, when I can see right over the edge, I was like, oh, no, no. I mean, I love being up, up the top of the mountains, but there's nowhere yeah. that I'm ever going to put myself in danger. No, exactly. Uh, and you had... You had Jonathan with you, your mountain leader, didn't you? Yeah. If if we're tackling something quite challenging like, you know, Hellbellin or Blaine Catherine or 
uh, you know, I've been up a couple of the Monroes. Mm. We always have Jonathan, uh, who's he runs where to walk, he's mountain leader. And and people don't appreciate the planning and preparation that go on in the background before we actually set off on, on one of our adventures. Of which it takes a long time to plan these things. Yeah, so going back to Terry's film, mm. if you get opportunity to see it, I know it's going to be on BBC4 on TV, uh, the, the shortened version, but to see it at the cinema as well on the big screen, it's, whoa, it's absolutely amazing. Mm. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I, I unfortunately couldn't have come up to the premiere because of lockdowns and restrictions and Suffolk to the Lake District is quite not necessarily an essential uh, no, <laughs> short I, I, journey. I think you might have been challenged uh, uh, yeah. about that journey. But yeah, it's 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 fantastic. He's a very, very talented bloke. So if Terry Abraham's Life of Halvelin film is something you would recommend to watch, what would you recommend to read? Ah, now, are you talking fiction or non-fiction? Ooh, um, one of each. One <laughs> of each. One of the books that I'm really enjoying at the moment is Jonathan's book, and that's The Dale's 30, mm-hmm. um, which is the 30 mountaintops in the Yorkshire Dales and slowly but surely I'm working my way around them to see which I can get up that are style free so I'm quite enjoying that book. How many have you managed to get up? Um, I think we're up to about 10 now 10 or 11 so we're doing quite well I mean some are just not going to be possible because you know somebody builds a dry stone wall in the way I mean how ridiculous <laughs> um and but then for fiction I'm really into my historical fiction mm-hmm. so I love like Philippa Gregory okay and I love all her her different novels but I'm also an Agatha Christie fan so okay. I, I just I just absolutely adore Miss Marple's so <laughs> so yeah a bit extreme isn't it from Philippa Gregory to Miss Marple but <laughs> no it's good to have variety so holidays have been put on hold this year but where would your dream holiday be oh well this year is my big birthday so I'm 21 again yeah and, and <laughs> I again. really really wanted to go to New Zealand and do a road trip you inspired me for this one to go because mm-hmm. okay. looking at your pictures and hearing about your adventure uh but it's not going to happen so not yet it's not going to happen <laughs> this year no but I am looking forward to Touchwood again if, if we can travel in in May we've booked a, a bit of a road trip up to the Outer Hebrides so we're going over to the Isle of uh, Lewis and then mm-hmm. Harris and Skye and that really appeals to me because somebody posted on Facebook a picture of some shells she's collected on the beach mm-hmm. and Harris and I just want to go and pick those shells too because they look so beautiful and the sea looked so tropical to pick and put back again of course <laughs> yeah I'm looking forward to that holiday 
It sounds like you're going to have a really fab time. I really hope you can go. So have you got any future plans and projects on the horizon? Oh, well, I just, I never know what's going to come in. You know, with with the Outdoor Guide, I've, we've done work with the National Trust. We've done work with Woodland Trust, with the Youth Hostel Association. So you never really know what's going to come on. I'm, I'm very passionate about rekindling my access to the Dales. Before I joined the Outdoor Guide, I did just work about accessing the Yorkshire Dales in the wheelchair. But I stopped doing that because say, I, I went to work more nationally with the Outdoor Guide. So I really want to get my access to the Dales going because they are my you know it's my beloved area that's mm-hmm. that's where where I feel most at home is is there so I want to get that up and running again and part of that is to get some wheelchairs or more wheelchairs within the park for people to be able to borrow so that's the project that I've got that's, on the go I think that sounds like a really good idea um I really look forward to seeing what you come up with and how can people keep up to date with you on social media? I'm on Twitter, I'm on Facebook, and I'm on Instagram. And they are all Access Tog, T-O-G. So if you look up Access Tog, you will find me there and find about my adventures and what I'm up to. Thank you very much, Debbie. And I'm sure I will talk to you soon. Thank you. See you later. Bye-bye, Holly. At the end of every episode, I'll be sharing a Woodland-inspired quote, which I feel sums up everything we've been talking about. And my quote today is from Brazilian author Paulo Coelho. In a forest of a hundred thousand trees, no two leaves are alike, and no two journeys along the same path are alike.